episode 46 of the Worldwide Shelves pod. It's your host, Matt, and I'm joining with two guests. Um, first of all, we've got Marv from Mexico. How are you doing, my man? Uh, I'm doing very good, amigo. How's it going for you, my friend and listeners out there in Podland? I'm doing very well, thank you. And our second guest is Jesters from America. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing excellent. Uh, glad to get the wind, even though it was not impressive. But I'm doing good. How about you, sir? As I said, I'm doing brilliant at the moment and happy to get on with this pod. Um, so to start off, obviously, main topic uh, is the Fulham game. Um, what I would describe as probably the scrappiest game we've had this season. And the best way I could describe it was result, positive, performance, absolute fucking negative uh but starting with marv what's your overall thoughts on the game well um i don't want to kind of uh, paint a twitter picture but um i mean people were getting slandered and hated on for saying they weren't excited about the win and i'm not i mean we've gone from ninth to seventh yes the positives are we won the game that's great uh i still think it's only because of the red card before that in my opinion we were second best i mean adamo the lookman was making aspie look like he was a sunday league player and just in general this performance i mean the two players i felt played well but in general this performance i think it's up there in one of our worst performances of the season all that being said i'm going to be gr- i'm grateful we won and, and let's just leave it there yeah i think the result's always what matters at the end of the day in terms yeah. of the three points and to pull it into a kind of positive perspective, we are only five points off Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. Liverpool, which comparing how bad we've been, doesn't point it as a very bad picture. Um, Jared, what was your thoughts on the game? I think much the same. Happy to have the three points. Uh, you know, it's you know, so even when you steal candy from a baby, that candy still tastes good, right? <laughs> so that that's basically what all I can say is, you know, we won. And uh, we still have the same question marks. And until those are addressed, it's going to be a struggle. It really is. Yeah, I think for me, the game, it posed me more questions and answers in terms of the squads and the performance and whether we will be good enough and whether Lampard is the right man to take us forward. But as you said, stealing candy from a baby, it'll be good no matter what we no matter how we steal it. Um, so in terms of the performance, it, overall it was a negative, but there were a couple of good performance. Um, Marv, who do you think was man the match? Well, I mean, I think the obvious man in the match is uh, Mason Mount. But um, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people. There were a couple of players that didn't have to do that much because of the red card after a while. So, I mean, there were positive performances that we can look at. It's got to be Mount because he technically was the match winner. Um, and he was seemed like, I mean, for a lot of the, the periods of the game, was one of the few guys actually trying to actually make something happen and not just playing the ball out wide for, like, repetitive crosses that went straight back to Fulham. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably stick with Mount on that one. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people, you will be certain people on Twitter that won't agree with you and still think Mar- uh, Mount's a terrible player, but we'll 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 get to that in another topic. Uh, Jesters, what was your opinion? Who did you think was man of the match and who played well? Well, my opinion was uh, man of the match was Mason Mount. Um, but if you look at Twitter, it was Callum Hutton-Odoi. I mean, he made 
the two greatest passes ever in Chelsea history and um, should have a statue erected outside the stadium now, have his uh, jersey retired, and, uh, you know, just let's just, you know, he's ahead of Frank, Drogba, you know, fill in the blank. So, but also that, you know, a little banter there. All seriousness, Mount played the best. Um, as far as anybody else that had just a standout performance, I can't really say anybody really did. Um, not at all. I think it was more one guy, uh, you know, hit hit the one shot that went in. And everybody else was average to a little bit above average. Yeah, I think that that was kind of the way I think it went. I think you had a couple of players. I wouldn't say it's stinkers, but were completely poor. I mean, for me, I agree with you guys. I think Mount was man the match, I think, by a clear mile. I think it was only him and Ziyech, really, that were ever providing anything other than a, a cross, sideways pass, sideways pass, cross. Um, they were the only two that were looking to want to pick out shots, even if it was a pot shot that wasn't really going to make it. At least they're trying and trying to do something different, which I think many players weren't. I think both Thiago Silva and Rudiger for me had pretty good, de- decent games. I wouldn't say they were standout performances, but I think they'd done pretty well in their aspects. I mean, the, after that, Mendy. Uh, issue. I think that block by Thiago Silva really saved us, and I think Rudiger had another block in the game that he did really well with. So I don't think you can criticise either of them, but I think that's about it when you think of players really that had good games. Um, who do you think were the performers that were quite poor in the game generally? I'll go to you, Jesters. Uh, well, you got Jovacic there. Jorginho uh, and, and Kovacic, I I don't see the point of that even having them on the field. I mean, you could have gone with Billy Gilmore and Mason out in midfield and played a back three and got the same production, probably even more. Um, actually, this, this, this match was, was crying out for Billy Gilmore to be in there to pick out a pass. I'm not the manager. I don't get paid millions. So uh, that's neither here nor there. Dave? He's not only lost a step, but he's lost two or three. Um, it's uh, it, He's got to go this summer. Club legend, yes. Praise him for, for what he is, but he's not that anymore. So we need to look at uh, Reese being the starter and uh, bringing in uh, a viable backup who can do bits when, when called upon, whether that's through the academy or, or, or in the transfer market. Um, Who else? I didn't think Chilwell played ex- uh, very well at all. I thought it, it was one of her, his more poor performances on the year. Um, gave us nothing. And link up play with uh, CP10 on the left. And, and uh, didn't put anything really into the box. So those those are mine. Yeah, I think I agree. I think that... Um... The thing that striked me the most before the game when the lineup came out, everyone was having a go at, oh, Kalamazza Adoy isn't playing, oh, Pulisic is playing. But 
no one was saying anything about Kovacic and Jorginho being next to each other. I thought that was the perfect game because it showed me that they can't do it and it showed everyone that they can't do it. And hopefully this uh, combination never gets played again because they were absolutely dreadful. And the fact that Billy Gilmore didn't get a single game, the fact that Havertz didn't get any game at all, was absolutely awful for me. I don't. I still can't fathom it why either one of them didn't come on because we needed both of them badly in that game. Marv, who did you think was the performers that were quite poor? Well, I've divided it into a couple of sections, uh, sectors, uh, to discuss this point. So in my lowest sector, and uh, this is kind of, uh, I'm going to start with the least worst um, in terms of the ones that did play bad, because there are a couple that were good. I, I mean, as far as good goes, I'm going to, I'm going to, as I said, stick with Mount and, and Hudson-Odoi. When he got on, he did win the game, but he didn't play long enough. So, uh, I mean, he, he was um, on the other side of the good ones. But let's uh, let's start with ineffective category, Pulisic. Where I say ineffective, I don't mean bad. I don't think he was particularly bad, um, but he didn't really do anything. So that, that was there. I think, obviously, he still is our best winger and he must play all the game. Um, but now, in the middle point of players that were not just ineffective, but did fuck all. Um, Jorginho and Giroud in the middle category for that. Jorginho did nothing but pass sideways, offered absolutely nothing off the ball. Giroud was pretty much, I forgot he was playing for most of the game. Now, under extremely, extremely bad, I've got five players <clears throat> that were an embarrassment to the shirt in this game. And I, I'm not going to hold back on that. In the lower point of this category, I'm going to put Tammy. He came on. He did work hard, so that's the only reason he's not at the bottom of this. Um, he worked his arse off, which is more than what Giroud did. But he just constantly kept falling over the ball, and the invisible man was tackling him. Um, Zia, no, actually, he's going to be in the, the worst. So there are four that were on the absolute shockers. Ziek, absolutely horrendous. Don't even know what he was doing on the pitch. In fact, I forgot he was even playing. Aspie got absolutely spun inside out by Adamo Lelukman all game long. It was quite embarrassing to watch. Now, the worst the worst uh, two I've got here, though, are Chilwell, who was absolutely shambolic, is out of position the entire game. He got beat the entire game. He didn't get tight to his man. And the chance that Fulham had that they should have scored of Cavallero was his fault. He's completely let him go. He's let him walk straight into the centre of the pitch. And thankfully, he fluffs his liners and kicks his own feet and it goes over. But that goes in. This is a different game. I thought he was absolutely horrendous. And there was one player worse than him, Kovacic. What the hell was he doing in this game? He, he was the best player for Fulham, that's for sure. He, he ran the ball, wasn't looking, got tackled about five times. His passing was poor. He was dribbling in his own defensive line. I mean, what the f was going on? What the hell was going on with Kovacic? I, I would, would struggle to give him a zero for his performance in this game. And, and yeah, though, I'm not holding back on those ones because, you know, they've got to go back home, have a look in the mirror and, and think about what it requires to be a Chelsea player because this was not it. Yeah, I think in terms of... I, I would politely disagree on Hakim Ziyech. I thought... If I was to put him in one of your categories, I'd probably put him in the more ineffective with Pulisic. But I think he he was, as I said, he was trying to do something different compared to the usual cross sideways pass. But most of it, most of the time, it didn't come off, which is why I'd, I wouldn't say he was fantastic or wasn't good. 
but I, at least I could see he was trying to do something different. All right, it wasn't working out and probably was the wrong decision most of the time, but I want, at least I'm happy that I'm seeing him do something different compared to the same old Kovacic, Jorginho, four-yard pass sideways, four-yard pass the other way, and just wasting 10 or 15. We've probably wasted 20 to 30 minutes just passing sideways all the time nope. in our own half just because of Jorginho and Kovacic. So, but I mean, both both of them for me, absolute terrible. I, I, if they yep. play the next game, I'm I'm shocked because they they can't they can't they, they just, for me. Jorginho, I've said he does, he's a good player in a specific system in a specific team, but he's not the player for Chelsea. He needs to go in the summer, and in my opinion, I know Kovacic was good last season, but I think he can join Jorginho out the door, and we can just get some effective midfielders or you know play the effective midfielders that we've got stuck on the bench maybe that might be a good idea for Lampard what do you guys think I I, think so I need to throw this out and I want to ask this question of both of you two points number one if Werner puts the the one-on-one away is Christian having an above average game and you would take him out of ineffective yeah I think that's a good point and uh, somebody else raised that the other day. I think <clears throat> there's an argument that I've saw that I don't like on Twitter that's saying, oh, because he's American, he's protected and stuff. Because there's a reason why we protect in that way, Pulisic. I'm not American, but we, there's a reason because he was so good before. So because when someone is so good, they get that leeway to make mistakes sometimes. If you're never good, then there's a reason why you're constantly criticised. So, this, like, for example, yeah, I do agree with that on that point. I think because he did play one or two good passes and he could have had two assists. So, yeah, that, I do think that he is judged possibly against a higher standard because of how good he actually is. So that's why I, I put him only in the kind of low ineffective. Uh, it, it wasn't bad enough for me to not start games or to be substituted, in my opinion. In my opinion, he stays on every game and starts every game still. Okay, and, and the second point, and, and this is... This is not to to uh, put an agenda on anybody, but it is to counter an agenda. If two of the players that you had that were needed need to go home and look in the mirror had 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 just horrible games, were on his side, the people that were supposed to link up with him and create help him create space space and have uh, somebody there to play off of. We're on his side. Does that affect his, Does that affect his performance more than? I, do you know that's a good point that you raise because I, I would agree. If you look back um, from the the years uh, where William didn't have too much support coming from his wing, but wing back as well, and I think it's a similar kind of way. Certain players get have more work to do based on who they're having a link with i do think that's a very good point because i felt like chilwell was just absolutely horrendous yesterday and i think that might have affected affected pulisic a little bit actually good point to add a point in as well i think in terms of the tactics that were there we were also focusing down the right side a lot more than the left so therefore Pulisic is going to have less chances to do what he can because it's all focused on the right. And like he had in the second half, we had that Ziyech cross that he just missed. He's more getting on the end of opportunities because it's coming on from the right-hand side. So I think that's something you've got to look at as well and take into account. 
Yeah, I think that could be fair as well. Well, Lampard's yeah, system is attack is create down the right and finish from the left. Um, that's we haven't been doing that because the winger that they they brought in to do that was is is Hakim Ziyech, and of course he's been out injured. Um, but that is part of of Lampard's system is the creativity is going to be on the right hand side, and feed the left to put the chances away because you want to he's trying to basically cut the field in half right so if you can condense everybody onto the right hand side and get a quickly whipped ball either from Reese James or from Hakim Ziyech to the left or into the middle then there you go that's an easy chance to score right and but you have to have that connection and um, if somebody's out of form if Zia should, because he's not informed, because he hasn't been playing enough, and it's taking him ten to fifteen balls to get that one ball in there, and it doesn't go, it doesn't get put away, then that whole tactic is gone. Yeah, I I agree with that definitely. I think that's that has been our tactic. I think sometimes it's it's a good tactic when you've got the players on the pitch on form, but when you've got Hakim Ziyech who hasn't been playing for a month and then when he's come back he's not fit, in form, ready I think it's got to be something you've got to change up and I think I don't see why we have to play strictly down the right because we've got Chilwell on the left who we brought in as an attacking fullback and we've got Christian Pulisic who is also an attacking winger so why can't we create and use that left hand side more especially if Ziyech's not fully fit yet but that that that's that's the tactics, and I think some people will agree with me. Some people will say, "Oh, you don't know nothing." But I think that's the aim of the game. I think what I want to talk about right now, and I think this will be a big part of our pod at the moment. A lot of questions are on what is the best eleven, who should be in the squad right now, who should not be in the squad right now. Everyone's got different opinions. Clearly, Lampard doesn't know his best eleven. I just want to ask. First of all, each of you once, who your best 11 is and why? So I'll start with Marv. Well, my best 11, I'm trying to trying to think carefully. Okay, so my best 11 would be Ingol Mendy. Uh, obviously, the only left-back, Chilwell. Uh, Right-back, Reese James. Centre-back, Silva and Rudiger. In the middle... I'm trying to think who would play in the middle. It's got to be the same. Kante, Mason Mount. I'm really unsure about what to do. Oh, it's got to be I've got to be Havertz, hasn't it? So Kante, Mason Mount, Havertz. <clears throat> Pulisic on the left. Ziyech on the right. Timo Werner up front. And the reason why? Uh, I think playing Timo in the centre, I think he's, he's going to come good. He's one of the players that I trust in. I, I, he was brilliant at the beginning of the season. Those goals will come as long as he keeps getting in the high. He offers such a danger no matter what happens. Even if he doesn't play well, he always offers a danger. And that's why he has to play for me. Uh, Pulisic on the left because he's our best winger. And Ziyech because of his creative abilities are slightly different to the other wingers. He's not a dribbling winger, but you can play those balls behind. Although I have seen Callum try those a bit more lately. So there's, a, you know, nice to have the competition. But yeah, Ziyech there, Pulisic there, Werner up front. Havertz, I believe, will come good. Or I mean, he's got to work a lot harder and become a better player, but I think he's definitely there. Uh, Mount has to play. He's just been brilliant for us. Even if he does lack sometimes, he always seems to offer a lot in the team. 
and you've got to play Kante because he's Kante, and I don't really get the, the hate against him from some sections of the fan base. Uh, I'll justify my decision of Rudiger. I just don't rate Zuma that much. I think he makes way too many mistakes. He's clumsy on the ball. He's a good aerial threat for scoring goals, which none of our other defenders really have, which is a plus. But we're talking about pure defending, and I personally think Rudiger's a good defender. Two goals we conceded when he's played, and those were individual mistakes from other players. Uh, so I'm going to stick. I've always stuck with the fact that I think Rudiger is a good defender, and I still stick with that fact. Maybe he's not the best in the world or anything like that, but I think he's good enough to play in this team. And so that would be my team overall. Got to go of Reese over Aspies, overtaking him now. Obviously, Mendy, because we don't have a, we have only got one goalkeeper. So yeah, that's pretty much my team. Fair enough. I think I don't think many people would disagree with all of that. Obviously, I think you have certain people that would be going crazy that you said Rudiger right now, but I kind of expected you to say Rudiger, if I'm honest. Um, the, stats, the stats do support me now, though, right? I mean, maybe last yeah, season we're talking. You're not wrong. Yeah. I mean, you're talking to someone who really loves Kurt Zuma, admired him for a long time, and even I would say it's 50-50 now on whether... I, at first I was like, oh, why is Rudiger coming in? But now I'm kind of like, I, I, I can see the argument for either one. I think it he's depends. A good, he's a good passer too. Um, he's good at like kind of clipping those balls out wide. His long distance passing is pretty good. I get the feeling that seems to get overlooked a bit when we're talking about Rudiger's game. Yeah, especially when you compare him to uh, the Danish Messi. Apparently, what I had someone say on Twitter. Oh dear, oh dear. Which God. I I kind of cringed <laughs> when I heard that. Yeah, it needs to be sold and fast. Yes. Um, Jesters, what is your best eleven and why? Are we talking about our best 11 for the system that Frank wants to play or our best 11? Um, best 11 that you would like to play in any system. In any system, okay. Because there's a big difference for me. Because in Frank's system, our best 11 does not have N'Golo Kante in it. Because the position that he has him playing is not his best position. He can play it because he's world-class, but you don't get the creativity out of that position that you need in that system. That's my caveat. However, if you're saying our best 11, I don't think I can, I can say anything different than what Marv and you have said, right? Um, to me, it's Thiago Silva and either Zuma or Rudiger. I think Rudiger is a little bit more proficient in passing. He actually will try to pass, make those passes where I haven't seen anybody else do it. Um, although, you know, when you, if you're talking about a, a if we're playing up against a physical tall club, I would start Zuma just for the aerial presence on defense um, because he is better there. But that's not a hill I'm going to go die on. You know, Rudiger, Zuma, okay. Whoever plays, but Thiago has to be there because he's the only number one center back we have. Um, but our best 11 does is within Golo Kante. However, in Frank's system, the best 11 has Billy Gilmore right now playing CDM. Yeah, do you know, do you know what? I actually, for my best 11, I actually had Billy Gilmore playing at CDM as well because I think. If you're playing a team that 
doesn't press really hard and really high, then yeah, you can play, you can get away and play with Kante. But I think, as you saw with a little bit, I think Southampton was a bit of an outlier because I don't think they pressed that well. But you've seen in Man City and you've seen in a couple of other games where there's been a high press and a really aggressive press, that's where Kante's not been that comfortable. And I think, again, he's playing in a role that I think he's doing the job because he, he's in Golo Kante. He can do a job at a certain level most of the time. But he's, his prime role is that search and destroy next to another DM. And I think that's, that's how we make... I think that's how we play him. I think in terms of the big games... I might not play Havertz and Mount at the same time, and I'd maybe play a Billy and a Kante. So Billy has that license to do the passing, uh, playing that DM role, and then when he needs the help, Kante can come and help out, press higher, but just be all around the pitch like he does. Um, but of course, in the games where you wouldn't need Billy and Kante, you'd play Mount and Havertz, I think. For me, I'd pick Zuma over Rudiger, but I understand where you would put Rudiger in. Um, Chilwell, James, that's a no-brainer. Mendy's no-brainer. And then the front three, I agree as well. I think Callum hudson has played very well, and I think he, there is a space for him in the team to play and get game time. But I don't think he's in the best style line lineup. but I think it will take a lot for him to get in there. Sorry, um, real quick, uh, Gundogan. Oh my gosh, what a strike. Outside the box. Top uh, top bin. Beautiful. Wish we could hit, we, wish we could see that more from our uh, forward line. I wish we could play well. <laughs> it's gonna take <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just just a good performance would be nice, let alone a good strike. Yeah. But yeah, I think um so moving on to Tuesday's game. We do have Leicester on, uh, which is, for me, I'm not confident whatsoever because if we play like we did against Fulham, we're going to get absolutely battered. Leicester have been a good team this season and they haven't looked like they're letting off at the moment. And I'm hoping that, I'm praying that the reason Billy Havertz didn't play and start was because they're playing at Leicester. Because if I see either one of Jorginho or Kovacic in that game, we're, we're screwed. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, just put Callum Hudson-Odoi in that team and we're going to beat Leicester. No, no, don't, don't, don't be silly. But if Jorginho and Kovacic, if either one of them are in the team, I am not confident whatsoever. Um, Marv, what is your thoughts on how are you feeling for that game? Well, um, I think we're going to draw all and lose. Um and I think that uh, it, I don't really think it's going to matter too much. But I do think that uh, we should play Gilmore as well. I think I'm really impressed with how he plays whenever he plays. His incisive passing, he plays the ball quick. Yeah, on the defensive end, there might be something a bit lacking. I remember when he played Leicester in the FA Cup, he really struggled. Um, but for me, he's a great little player. And I would prefer to play him than uh, Jorginho and Kovacic. There's much more of an upside with someone like Gilmore who does deliver. It's not like a youth player that countlessly doesn't deliver one in 10 games and people still think he's the best thing ever because of youth SC. He's actually a good player, Gilmore. And I think that he could add something. Uh, I would definitely not play the team that played yesterday. That's for absolute sure. Um, I mean, this could turn the season around if we won. I'm just not quite sure we have it. 
Yeah, I, I don't think personally we have it. I think if we get a win, that would be brilliant. But I, I don't see us getting a good performance at least. If we can get another scrappy result, then that, again, that's three points stealing candy from a baby. But I just, I just struggle how to see how we can, how we can do it at the moment. I just don't. Even the Morecambe game, it w- it was a decent result and an okay performance, but it's against Morecambe, so you can't really judge it. And then I thought, going to Fulham, we'll see what's going on. And it was probably worse than any of the Christmas games, but apart from the scoreline and the result. The performances were exactly the same. Um, Jesters, how are you feeling for the Leicester game? Uh, on current form, not not confident at all. I would uh, not put any money on it. That's for damn sure. Uh, I just look. I don't. I'm having a hard time processing why we're so out of form. We've had the most time off of any team over the last two weeks, maybe except for Villa, but they had the COVID thing going on. So, you know, I can't say that, can I? You, you might want to uh, edit that later on, because if that word comes out, you might get uh, taken off Spotify. Uh, but, we, uh, don't, we, we don't make any money off this anyway, so. Okay, so anyway, it, it, we should have been able to get in better form because we had more training sessions than most teams. And it looks like it's not gotten any better. And the biggest part of that is the transition from defense to offense. There is no transition from defense to offense right now. It's, um, you know, hopefully get the ball to to our wingers who are usually facing our goal instead of the opponent's goal. Um, it's it's just, it, it looks like we have one team at the back, one team in the middle, and one team up front. And that none of them know what each other's doing at any point in time. Because I've watched, I watched a bunch of games, and even the Liverpool game uh, against United, when they they would kick the ball one time, and you're like, "Where he's just kicking that ball away?" And nope, drops right to one of their players because they know where each other's going to be at all time. They know I can, I can, I can knock this ball in this space, and there's going to be one of our players there. I don't see any of that. There's zero chemistry within this team. So, I just hope we don't get smashed. I really do. I hope we don't get uh, a 5-0 put on us. Uh, the the only, only saving grace is Vardy might have a, a little niggle in his hamstring. He came off um, in, his, in his last match. That guarantees we've lost then. Whenever a team has players out, they automatically beat us three nil. So that's not looking so good. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you know, Iniacho is going to come in. He hasn't scored in a while, so we like to give goals to people who haven't scored in a while. They don't have any Chelsea youth players on their team, do they? That we that we let go. Like there's no De Bruyne that's going to come in and just put the sword to us. I don't think so. I don't think we've sold okay. anyone to Leicester. Well, that's good because that always comes back to haunt us. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think, for me, I, I'm not confident whatsoever. I think it's it's a it's a game that we have to get something out of, and I don't think we will. And I think 
if we don't, I I personally think it might it's, it could be early to say it, but I think we won't make top four. Personally, I just don't see how we pick it up, especially with the fixtures we've got coming in February, March. Um, and I think it it is it, we're just we're we're in really big trouble at the moment. I think I don't see how like other teams have turned it round. Like beginning of December, it was. Oli's going to get the sack. Arteta's going to get the sack. But generally, them teams have turned it round. They've found a way to turn it round. Generally, with my team, I don't see. I don't see with Chelsea turning it round at the moment. That's the thing, though. I, I think a seven. Uh, sorry, eleventh, tenth, ninth to seventh is Arsenal's level. So if they turn it round hypothetically, they, all they need to do is kind of, you know, like when you've got that kind of water meter and you've just got to crank it like a little bit for people to be okay with it. With us, this is very different. And I know some fans online are doing those stupid jumbles letters every time they want to try and make someone look stupid for raising a valid point. Um, but actually, the money we spent is relevant and is a factor and we should be doing better. I'm not saying that we have to win the league. I mean, but Man United are top. Did they? I mean, they haven't got many great players. Um, but that being said, we should be in this for this top four. At the very least, that should be the lowest level of expectation. And at the moment, we are playing like we're a team in the bottom three. And this is quite alarming, considering... I mean, I'd understand if it was last season, we kind of expected that because we only had to rely on a lot of new youth players in the team and couldn't buy anyone... And we actually did really well considering. But that considering doesn't exist anymore. And, and as much as people want to dismiss that money spent situation, you cannot. When you, you spend that much money on, on six players, six good players as well, one of them, you know, a couple of them world-renowned youth, young, uh, attacking talents, we should be much better than seventh. Or we should be at least playing like it. We were second best, in my opinion, against a 10-man Fulham. A Fulham that has Ola Aina, a player we let go for free. Like, I, I don't think we kind of grasp quite how bad we have been. And I don't think we're getting top four either. I think we'll finish fifth. And I think that would actually be above how we're playing right now. I think fifth, fifth could... The, the way we play at the moment, I think fifth could be a bit of an overstatement. Yeah, it but could be. We'll see. It could be. Um, just going into... Obviously, we know that um, Jamie Vardy has picked up a little hamstring niggle, so there is a chance that he may not play um, for the game against us. Um, who are, what I'll ask you guys, who are the danger men to watch out now for this Leicester team if Vardy isn't playing? Just as I'll go to you. Uh, Madison looks like he's found some form. Uh, Harvey Barnes. Um, hopefully, we will have uh, RJ back. So we don't have to worry about uh, Dave out there pulling a plow. Um, trying to think who else would, would give me any any sort of pause. There's really nobody else except for, you know, Iannaccio could come on. But I, I'm not, you know, if we're giving up goals to, to Iannaccio, might as well uh, pack Frank's bags right now. Well, we gave goals to Obafemi, so that that kind of summed well, it up. Well, and, and then people are saying Frank needs to pack his bags now. Uh, not there yet, although um, form is directly related to the manager. I don't care what anybody says. Your form, if you if you come out there, 
go out there and you and you're like, well, what were we trying to do, and why were those players out there, and why didn't we, why hasn't there been a chain in, change in formation, maybe to to uh, put people in different positions to to uh, maybe get them out of the slump they're in. If people are saying that and you don't see any of that from, um, good Lord, John Stones just scored a brace. Oh my see? God. Uh, then, then that is on the manager. Big uh, yeah, I mean, th- this is this looks like a champion, the champion of the Premier League. Okay, well, that, that's the thing, right? Sorry to interrupt you there, Justice. I mean, that that's the thing, though. People um, criticizing Guardiola, calling him a fraud, uh, which I used to do when I was a twelve-year-old kid. Um, but like, actually. Doing what he's done right now is actually pretty impressive, considering the way they started the season. And now they're looking absolutely incredible. I mean, and when they game in hand, they're back top. Now, that is a turnaround. And I think we need to kind of understand in some aspects what a great manager is. We currently do not have this. No. And, and sacking him means that you're not bringing in a great manager this season. Because no great manager... All great managers right now have have jobs, and they're not leaving their team in the middle of the, middle of the season, right? So, the best we can do is a placekeeper until the end of the season if that happens. I just, uh, I, I don't think that the players are confident in what they're doing, and when you're not confident in what you're doing, you overthink things, you try to take too much on yourself do too much, and you end up hurting the team as a whole, as a collective. So um, that kind of stuff is on, on the manager. And at some point, when you're out of form and you keep dropping results that you should should be uh, picking up, uh, the manager ends up losing the locker room. And at what point are we at, well, he's lost the locker room. He's not able to pull Werner out of his slump. He's not able to integrate Havertz correctly. And, and, and that's another thing that needs to be said. The players we brought in, the three players in attack that we brought in, Ziesch, Havertz, and Werner, you know what they all have in common? On their previous team, they were the talisman. Right? So they're all used to being the focal point of the offense. Now they have to learn you're not the focal point of the offense. It's a it's a total collective. And that's very, very hard for them to get adjusted to, not getting every ball sent to them. You know, when uh, RB's Leipzig played, it was, hey, we need to get the ball to Timo. And Timo had as many shots on goal as he wanted because it was Timo first. Havertz, let's get the ball to Havertz and let him create. Ziyech, let's get the ball to Ziyech and let him create. They don't have that anymore. They don't. They're they're part of a team now, and it, I think it's hard for them to get in a rhythm because they're used to having the ball so much more. Yeah, I I, I do think that. Um, yeah, they they they're all they're all having to get used to something new, and I think it's something that may take time for them, but. I don't know whether we'll give them the time. That's the problem. 
because I don't think I, I I don't think Lampard I think Lampard has till the end of February to try and get something out of this team. If there nothing comes out of this that team by that point, then I think he's gone. But I, as I said, I don't think who are we going to bring in? Shevchenko, yeah. Avram Grant, Gus Hiddink. God, if 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 we're bringing them in and just give, give Lampard to the end of the season, I don't care how bad it is because I don't want any of them shit in. At all. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I, I would pose the question back. Has he earned the time? And this is what I always keep coming back to. There, you know, we talk about giving time, giving time. But had we stuck with that kind of method, we would have given AB, AVB time. We would, might not have won the Champions League. Would we have given... Um, I mean, I, I was one of the few that was... Uh, most of the managers that have been sacked, I've kind of been okay with it. Um, I wasn't okay with Jose being sacked. I felt that we should have stuck with him and trusted him. So even I might have been wrong there. Maybe we would have gone down further, sold Hazard, sold Costa, all these people. Then next year we won the league. So we're not always right when we blindly back. And we must also ask, I think, in some cases, have they earned the time? I think that the, if had we won the FA Cup, I, th- I think he would have earned the time. Uh, well, at least uh, for some, like for me, I would have felt a lot more uh, you know, a lot more trust for him if that had have happened. But at the moment, I'm seeing nothing. We've lost all the big games or drawn. We've not won one all season. I mean, that's bad. What I mean, we've got to, in my opinion, yeah, because it's who he is and all that stuff. I think that's dangerous. We should be judging every single coach at the same level. Like, it, it, I mean, if that were Conte, sorry, whoever. I mean, it's like they wouldn't have been given that kind of respect, that time, and all that, right? I mean, it's. So we need to really consider, and yeah, I do agree. If we're thinking about bringing Avram Grant back, I am out. Like that guy, it was a terrible, terrible decision bringing him in the, the first place. And uh, yeah, that's the thing. I do think good coaches are available. I think the squad that we have will be super attractive for someone to say, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm there now. But I'm not sure it'll give us um, the top target, if there is one, in that sense as well. But you have to think, has he earned the time? Yeah, I get what you mean. I don't think he's necessarily earned the time, but I just don't see anyone that anyone would like to bring in, or at least the majority of the fan base, to come in now. I mean, if you, the best you could hope for is a Thomas Tuchel comes in, and I don't want Thomas Tuchel in either. I think I'd put him in the Afghan Grant category. He can go in the Agreed. bin. Agreed. So I think at that point, you've just got to look and go, do we risk going for, to try and find a Di Matteo, which realistically, how how often will that happen? That that it happened and it happened really well for us, but I just don't see and I don't see anyone. I don't see who you, they could bring in on a care, at least a caretaker business because that's all it's going to be to the end of the season if we sack Lampard now. I just don't see who we can bring in. I mean, if you can name a name, that'd be great, but. There are some available. I mean, if we're talking, I'm going to let Justice come in. Sorry, he hasn't spoke for a while. Come on. No, I, what I was, what I would say was, would be, your top managers are not going to leave in the middle of the season. So you can bring some people in. Let's see who who you can bring in. Uh, was it Neil Warnock? We can bring Neil Warnock in. Um, you know, I, I'm just sitting here going, who are you going to bring in? That's going to change the system yeah big sam's got a job um do you uh 
you know, you're, you're, you're going to have to bring somebody out of retirement almost. Uh, and, unless you've got somebody there at Chelsea, are you going to give Jody Morris the reins if you let him go? And that was my biggest problem with the Lampard out thing is, yes, I understand the sentiment. The team is not playing well. Yes, if it goes on much longer, you're, you have to do something. In any sport, the easiest thing to do to change the way your team is going is to sack the manager. I don't care which sport it is. It happens in all of them. You're, you can't get rid of all the players. This is not FIFA. Well, it is FIFA, but a different type. Uh, you just can't. You can't do that. So I I don't know. Uh, you know, one of the, the one of the names that I would like to see on the list. And he and and both actually two of them have made my my list. Seeing how their teams have started to play better than us, with tons less talent. And this adds to my list of uh, Nagelsmann and Jesse Marsh, Graham Potter, and Scotty Parker, D- because they have ch- they were playing badly. And they changed. Well, Potter didn't, but uh, actually he changed their the way they were playing from last year. Scotty Parker changed their formation. And they have put in performances. Like I said, they were better than us. Everybody says they were better than us yesterday. They, would they draw with Liverpool before that? So... You know, there, there's people out there that look that you can look at that have shown that they can take lesser talent and do better things with them. We've got great talent, and we're performing like a bottom three team right now. So his job, Roman's not going to stand for it. He spent two hundred and fifty million. Now we know that's not that's not uh, that's gross. That's not net. But he still spent the money, and he expects better. So Frank got his last season, gave him the leeway to spend $250 million the way he wanted to. I want to say he probably got every target he wanted. Uh, probably uh, he got a new – I mean, you can, you can list him. New goalkeeper, new center back, two, two of the best players from the Bundesliga, probably the best – player in the Euro division. They got all those. Now, now you have to put a now you have to, to go on the field and prove that that investment was worth it. And if you want to uh, purely speak on the money front, if I'm an investor and you come to me and say I want a quarter of a billion dollars and I'm going to do this, this and and I, I'm going to say, well what are you going to do for me? I'm going to give you a quarter of a billion dollars. What are you going to do for me? Well, if this is what you're going to do for me, you're not worth the, the quarter of a billion dollars I just spent. Yeah, I, I do. That That is a very good point and way to phrase it. I think there is a lot of pressure on Lampard right now, and I think maybe this, I think the sentiment is probably keeping him in the job. But I don't think that will last long. So I think we'll have to wait and see how the next few games um, pan out. Which, speaking of the next few games, obviously the FA Cup draw, we got 
what would we say a fairly uh, good tie in terms of Luton in the fourth round and then either Norwich or Barnsley in the fifth round. What do you guys think about that? And do you think we can win the FA Cup this season? I'll go to Mal first. Well, it's my favourite competition. I was delighted when I saw who we got drawn against. I mean, that was wonderful. We got two games that we should be able to win. That takes us into the quarterfinal, and we hope that the big teams, same as I always think, other big teams take each other out on the way. Because uh, there is always a chance. You know, you go to the quarterfinal, they put you against a derby or something like that, and then you're in the semi, right? I mean, it's happened for other teams. They've had a lot of easy runs recently, whilst we last season had Liverpool, Leicester, Man United, and then lost the final against the worst team. Um, so it's definitely a possibility. Then we've just got to win two big games. I know we've not won any this season, but when you get to a semi-final, I feel like there's more riding on it. Like when you're not playing for the title and you're just playing for top four, I feel that like it's automatically there isn't that extra 10% you want to give. Uh, was when you're going for the title, you can always bring something extra out the bag. So I feel like if we get there, we get a nice draw in the quarterfinal as well as these two games, then there is a chance to save this season. Yeah, I think that that is that is the thing with AFA Cup. It it gives you that extra boost, extra meaning when you play. I think if we can get to the quarterfinals, I mean, I think United and Liverpool, one of them are going to be knocked out, which is good. Man City obviously get the easy tyres as they go, so we'll probably knowing us, we'll get them in the semi-final. But uh, let's hope we don't. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how we can do. I think it's a trophy we can. We need. We got to the final last year, so hopefully that's in the players' minds, and we can go one step further this year. At least get a trophy and somehow scrape top four, because I think that's the best we're going to get out of the season. Jared, what do you think of the run? Well, I think that the run is the only chance we have to advance at this point in time on form. I mean, if we went up against the Premier League uh, squad. In our next FA Cup match, would you be so confident that we'd advance? No. I'm not. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a lucky draw. You know, I mean, for it's... once, we get a lucky draw. Well, I think I think in the Champions League, we got a lucky draw, too. Yeah, like, but we, we... we've always had a, in terms of the FA Cup, the last few years, we've had some strange draw, well, not strange, but some tough draws. Right, right, right. Well... You know, I, uh, again, we can win a cup, but if we don't get top four, we should be changing managers, period, yeah, of end course. of story. Um, he has to get that, top four. That's interesting for me, because if we win the FA Cup, I'm there, I'm actually for keeping. I always think that we should be judging on trophies, not in as becoming in the fourth worst loser. But yeah, I do get that point. It, it does. It is a minimum requirement. Yeah, I, I just think they both come in. together. I think they I can't come was, separately. Yeah, I thought that was baked in though. Is is that was Roman's thing? If you're not getting me top four, you're gone. Uh, I think that's why Conte was sacked, wasn't it? He was fifteen, sixteen. He was not. Is it fifteen, sixteen? I think or was 17, it 16, 17. 16, 17? He wasn't going to get top four, so bye-bye. That was painful, sacking the best manager we would have had for the next 10 years. You know, so I, if he, fine, it's it's an FA Cup, but are we, are we, is that our standard? Is Arsenal now our standard? If, 
we win enough FA Cup, we've had a, a successful season. For me, or is that it... does... sorry to interrupt you there, Justice, but for, for me, I think any trophy is a great season. I think the more you build and add to your history, it, it just is the way to go. I mean, no one remembers fourth every year, right? That's Arsenal. So not win. I mean, Arsenal won a couple of cups towards the end, but I mean, we we've won the Champions League, we won the Europa League. You know, we keep winning these things. I think that makes us better than them. But I think if we start only celebrating coming fourth and not picking up trophies, and that's Arsenalification of the team, personally. Well, I look. I'm fine with winning the FA Cup, but I'm saying that you have to give me FA Cup and top four. FA Cup and four. Yeah, I think that's valid. Yeah, I, or, I think you can't, you can't, ha- you can't come fifth. Otherwise, you you're gone. I mean, that's. I know we, we win if we win the FA Cup and not get top four. People will argue that's not that is still a step up. But I would I'd argue it's not. We've gone down the league, which the league, the cup, anyone can do a good, good cup run. In in a in a lucky season, but you've got to. The league is how you performed over the whole season. If we're not good enough in the league, then. That's where he's going to get the chop. I think you've got to get both to regard it as a successful season. Well, that would be a step up from last year, right? We were fourth last year and got to the final and lost. So progression would be fourth in an FA Cup. I mean, I think that would be the best progression we can get right now. That That would be good enough for me. If he did that, I, I, you know, he, he, he would, he would, uh, he would be the manager for the next season. If he, if he doesn't, I, I think. Uh, although I do think if he gets top four, depending on how the how we get top four, right? Depending how the squad looks, getting that top four. If are we getting it because the other other teams fall away, or are we starting to come on? They're picking up the system. They're playing together as a team. That's a huge difference as well. How we get the top four if we do not get a cup with it. If we play like crap and get top four, but we get an FA Cup, he's safe. If we play, if we start playing great football and get top four with no FA Cup, he stays. Or get fourth and play well with no FA Cup, he stays. Other than that, you have to think, you know, you've got these up-and-coming world-class managers out there. Do you sit there and give him another season and maybe lose one of those to a, you know, and there's other ones, you know, not the ones, just the ones I named, but the top of my, top of my list is Nagelsmann. So uh, people like him, do, do you risk losing him to a big club to give Frank one more year, you know, shit housing forth and lose that? And then the next year you, you know, we come, uh, January of next year, and we're like, we give him, we give him the old chop, and then you're like, well, we could have had Nagelsmann if we chopped him in the summertime. I don't know. It's just things to think about. Yeah, I think it's some interesting things to think about, um, and I think none of us, none of us can be the judge of that. It's the the only people that can is Marina or Roman. So I think best thing to do is to leave it at that, and I think. That puts us to the end of the pod. Um, again, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, it's a pleasure, um, as usual, every week coming on with you guys. It's great to discuss football with you. Uh, good team, good conversation. Thank you, Mar, for coming on. 
Uh, thank you for having me, my friend. As always, a wonderful pod full of delightful charm and chatter. And thank you, Justice, for coming on. It's always great to have you on. Oh, it's always great to be here. And next time, come to me first on the outro so I don't have to follow the delectable, wonderfully, brilliantly worded statements from from my fellow guest over there because <laughs> I just look like some hick after that. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure you're number one next time yeah because i sound like number two compared to him just as no what you're both number ones in my eyes yes thank you sir and we do appreciate all the hard work you put in and i know it's not easy yeah well it's it's a team effort with all this all of you guys on the wwc we together create this great pod just for everyone just to have a nice little chat about football and i think that's 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 why we're that's why we're everyone wants to listen to us because we are the best and we're we're true to ourselves but anyway thank you for all listening and we'll see you next week